It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there, my name is Miles Jupp, cricket fan, and together with my co-host Mark Wood, actual cricket man, we invite you to listen to Middle Please Umpire, a new cricket podcast containing the two of us banging on and sounding off together about cricket and quite possibly all manner of other things, while lifting the lid on Mark's life as an international cricketer. And as if that wasn't enough, we shall be welcoming some great guests along the way and chatting to them about life on and off the playing field as they spill the beans, drop some truth bombs and see if they can withstand the scrutiny of our brutal interrogations. Middle Please Umpire is available right now from all your favourite podcast providers. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. We're joining you literally as the final whistle has just gone at the end of our game versus West Bromwich Albion. Uh, here to talk about our successful outcome in that game are, as always, Jim Grant. Hello, Jim. Good evening. Good evening. Everything all right? Yes, yeah, good. Yeah. Thanks. You're in your man cave in your new house. I am. Yeah. There's a dartboard behind you. Are oh, you going to? Uh, do you? Yeah. You're facing me. You're facing the camera in your thing. Do you yeah. occasionally throw the darts over your shoulder like um, Sigourney <laughs> Weaver in that <laughs> Alien film? Yeah. Uh, play a game of darts against yourself while you're doing that i'd like you to do that in preparation for the next well yes now would be great also joining us uh one of our favorites and an old friend of the podcast it is uh broadcaster journalist writer sam delaney sam also you uh well first of all hello hello hi uh, is that your video or dvd or cd collection i can see behind it's you it's a dvd collection dvds yeah, I get a lot of comments on that when I Skype in this position um, right. in front of my... I mean, if I wanted to look posher, like, say, if I was speaking to posher friends... Yes. Right? I'd, be like, I'd, I'd angle it like this so you can see all my um, very important books. Yeah, um, yeah. The weighty... Li- in fact, actually, I forget. I, it's, it's a difficult because I'd never... I don't feel any need to impress you, but I do no. feel like... I, Jim's the sort of man that I do want to impress. Yes. So yes. when I address Jim, I will turn this way so he can see the books, most of which right. belong to my wife. And when I talk to you, I'll just turn it back and you can see my collection of 80s movies and, and cartoons. 
Yes. Unfortunately, I can't get very good Wi-Fi in my statue's room. Otherwise, I I do most of my podcasting from the the statuarium, as I think it's called. Um, Sam, of course. I have the same problem with my orangery. Right, where you keep your collection of antique oranges. Yes. Or as we call mouldy oranges, as as we call them, the, the recycling room. Sam, you do a podcast about West Ham called U Irons, which I've appeared on a couple of times. Um, spelt, uh, uh, there's like yeah, spelt U, as in the letter U, Irons. Were, were it's you from influenced? The athletic. It's from the Athletic. Ah, were you influenced by by German? submarines in world war ii when you called yeah, it you that's, you that's, that's the reference yeah. right right that's right. the reference what's the connection there we just try to incorporate little bits about the um the the untold story of the war beneath the waves that's yes. what i call it that took place between <laughs> yes. 1939 and 1945 because it, in many ways it was the hidden war or as some historians call it neptune's war yes and, yes uh, and we just try to go on little segues well, between talking about, you know, who should play on the left and yeah. so forth, and just, uh, you know, I'll paint pictures. And like a lot of historian broadcasters, I slip inexplicably into speaking in the present tense. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's May 1941, <laughs> and, 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 and hundreds of fathoms beneath the Mediterranean, a U-boat lurks. Yes. Like, you know, and we'll just do a little bit of that. So anyway... If you're interested in that sort of thing, listeners, just give us a go. Was uh, did you, you must have talked then in detail about uh, Antonio's backstroke swimming celebration, yeah. oh. which was of course a tribute to uh, the sunken U five seven one U boat when yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So because it because it, it happened that he scored a goal on the anniversary of that being torpedoed, right? And literally hundreds of those people dying. And all right, fine. They were Nazis, but they were also humans. Yes, uh, as reflected in Antonio's moving tribute yeah. to that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Why can't, like, why like can't the politicians get round the... edited out? Because I just feel as if I sort of I've described Nazis as humans in a tongue-in-cheek way, but we live in a mad world now, don't we? Where that could easily escalate quickly on social media. That's right. Let's remember there are some very fine people on all sides. On all sides. <laughs> well, it's kind of what... All right, yeah. Yeah. No, that's the opposite of what you're saying. Listen, listen the Nazis were bad. They were bad. Human yeah. death is always sad, is it? I don't know. We're getting into something pretty deep here. I feel yeah, that deep. I'm really overreaching. Yes, yes. Now, so um, West Bromwich Albion uh, lost to West Ham uh, and uh, Sam Allardyce will be impeached, uh, which is great. Um, <laughs> Second time. He's contesting, he's contesting the result of the game. He insists uh, they won. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Although, of course, his, um, his comments about Snodgrass are going to be investigated, aren't they? Well, that's right. We'll come to that. Uh, there is, in fact, a legal aspect to uh, this evening's podcast. We should should have got Simon Pentel on. Um, Sam Allardyce's wife uh, uh, refused to show David Moyes' wife around the, the Olympic Stadium, even though it's their away ground. She still refused to do it. Uh, she refused to show her around. Mrs. Moyes said, I don't want to be shown around. And when Mrs. Allardyce went, well, I'm not bloody showing you around. Yeah. She's going, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to. I just want to sit here in the box. Well, I'm not showing you around there either. We're both already in it. You don't, don't, don't have to show me around it, Mrs. Allardyce. 
<laughs> it's a very it's a very ungainly transition from uh, Sam Allardyce years ago yeah. to David. Um, Apparently, there are recorded phone calls of Sam Allardyce on the phone to the referee saying, "I just need two more goals." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, just give me two more goals. That's all. Like all we're talking about here is a matter of to- two small goals. He described it, but that that would just be a complete breach of all my responsibilities. So. Yeah. He described it as a perfect phone call, perfect call, <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong with it. Rudy Giuliani agreed. So uh, yes, it was um, it was a uh, it was a boring, uh, boring game for a lot of it. Uh, Sam Allardyce would have called that a scintillating game, but it was a boring one. It lacked any kind of intensity, didn't it? It lacked. Mm. Um, it was. Uh, you, you you felt it was a game that that was starting to bear out notions of the intense um, uh, frequency of games and the kind of and the fact that we 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 don't change the side very much beginning to tell on them a bit because I thought we looked very leggy um, in the game. But do you think that in a way it's you know we got through that really tough uh, run of fixtures over Christmas. And do you think that, in a way, one of the many ways that David Moyes has somehow professionalised a club that it could be argued are the least professional football club in English <laughs> football, <laughs> right? And he's sort of, he's professionalising us. And one of the ways in which he's doing it is sort of managing the way in which we kind of expend energy depending on the opposition, which sounds like an awful thing because you should go into every game, you know, playing your absolute best. But... I mean, I read Alex Ferguson's book once and the way he approached the season, which is obviously very different because he was always going for the league title, was about dividing it up into sections and doing and, and yeah. sort of trying to encourage his players to hold back a certain amount in the tank for the bigger yeah. fixtures. Yeah. Right. And I'm not meaning that I'm not meaning to patronise West Brom. You know, I mean it's difficult to play against West Brom, but it's almost like we have learned an alternative way of winning that is allows us to remain in sort of third or fourth gear as opposed to fifth or sixth. Yeah, that's interesting talking about sort of, um, I, I'd sort of forgotten that, I think it was, I think the last time I heard that, so it was probably you again saying saying about Sir Alex Ferguson sort of, like, sort of splitting the season up into groups mm. of, you know, whatever, four games or six games or stuff. But it, 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 it does make you look at the season in a different way. And, and when, we, when we had that run that started with Leeds and ended, two games later with Chelsea, that run of three, we've got a win, a loss and a draw. And you go, that's a pretty good result for that three games. That's a mid-table mm. thing. And when you looked at the next three games, we got two draws and a win. And you go, well, for that three games, that's a pretty good run yeah. of, you know, yeah. if you're looking at these fixtures, just one game at a time going apoplectic, if we drew it, it's, you know, looking at the big picture gives yeah. you a much more sort of sanguine yeah, idea sort of what's of like, going on. It's the difference between an experienced and professional football manager, which is what we have, and a mad teenager on Twitter who wants everyone <laughs> yeah. fired after a, after a draw <laughs> against Brighton. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and that's why David Moyes is our manager and not one of the legions of, <laughs> of mad teenage West Ham fans yeah. on Twitter. Right. Yeah. Because it's like you don't just drop everyone. You don't refer to a perfectly decent midfielder as utter scum. Yeah. <laughs> After they've just like missed a chance, right? Yeah, yeah. And and call for everyone to, to die. You just yeah. go, okay, we'll plug on and we'll look at we'll we'll look at the points over the whole run. So over Christmas, yeah, it was a perfect yeah. example of that. Yeah. I mean, I think to bear out what you're saying, I mean I think there's probably a lot in what you're saying, actually, that that we are just 
unrecognisably professional and organised and, and thinking ahead and looking ahead and, and planning things properly. Um, but actually, as you know, I feel the team's becoming a bit of a machine as well, and a machine you possibly don't have to have tuned up you know, to full pelt the whole time. I didn't really feel, although those games were tight games, Burnley won and the West Brom, um, I didn't really feel as though we were going to lose either of them at any point. Um, and you felt that if they, if the other side scored, we could go back and, and you know, raise it and get a goal, which is, I've, that I've never thought that about West Ham team. I don't think I've ever, I mean, I hesitate to say this is the best West Ham team we've seen. I'm not going to say that, but, I do think that even when I look back on other very good West Ham teams, very good might be stretching it, let's say good West Ham teams, right? <laughs> it was usually we were we were capable of winning because we could win in some sort of dramatic swashbuckling way where yeah. every player just out of the blue played a nine out of ten game all at once and yeah, usually yeah. against big opposition. And it was a thrill ride. But it's rare where we've been a team who who can who are just know what they're doing in every game. You yeah, have a great yeah, yeah. defensive shape, are extremely hard to score against. And like you say, that when West Brom scored, so that's the first goal that's been scored against us all year. Which yeah. I know it's only the what nineteenth, but we played quite a lot of games. And, but it was a I wouldn't say it was a freak because it was a good goal, but it wasn't a goal where there was a defensive error, in my opinion, no, really. No, you no, know, it, was, it was a very, it was a goal by their best player. He's their, he's their danger man, Pereira. And yes. so, you know, he can do that sort of thing. But, um, but, you know, as soon as he, they did it, we did up a gear. And when we, did, and when, yeah. when, yes. when we scored the second goal, it had been coming. And then once yeah. we got our noses in front, we just went back to kind of defending. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and, yeah. and like Jim says, had they equalised again, you know, they had a couple of, they could have scored like a, a scrappy goal or a fluke goal. We would have gone up a gear again, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it sort of reminds me, I mean, the, the energy is part of this team, isn't it? It's just got legs that it hasn't had for years and years. And in that respect, it does remind me of Alad, of uh, um Pardew's team, yeah, Pardew's exactly. sort of 10th place, that with the FA Cup in it, that team, because of Rio Coca and Mullins had that sort of midfield engine sort of up and down yeah. energy that Suchek and Rice have got. And, even uh, that was more, that was a young, very vibrant team, yeah, Pardew's yeah. team, with loads of pace and energy. And it was yeah. very much about kind of, I felt they were quite swashbuckling. They were quite a counter-attacking team. Whereas this team just looked more grown up to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, but I think the large part of that is Declan Rice and Anna Bonner and Cresswell. So you've got three players, I think, there who are all like captains, and all three of them are so composed that we never look. You know, like how whenever West Ham, even when we were playing well, we'd always be extremely nervous in defence for the last 20 minutes of a game. Yes. Yeah. No matter what, what, what had happened, yes. we yeah. would always drop very, very deep, give possession back persistently to the opposition. And by the end of the game, always be defending along our yeah, touchline yeah. almost, you know. But now yeah, there's none of that because Rice and Ogbonna just sort of take control of things, I think, you know. Yeah. It's often the case, though, that, I mean, the good sides that you can remember, um, all have in common, even if they don't have a share of style of play, they have in common that idea that they're settled and there's a sense of of players knowing what their job is and what their yeah. role is. And when it changes, it's just like a tweak, you know. Yeah. So the tweak today was sort of Lanzini and for four nows, you know, kind of just kind of 
tweaking it a bit, but essentially the team is the same. And you can you can reel off the names of that Pardew side, and it's you know it resolutely played that four four two, and you know we knocked it out wide to the to Ben Ayun or who played slightly tighter in and Edmonton, Edmonton out wide yeah. hugging the touchline. Mm. You know everybody knew what their role was, and it and it had pace yeah. and power. And I think this team has certainly power it's got it's got pace in 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 certain areas but mm. it's certainly a kind of powerful we don't we we squeeze the life out of a lot of teams don't we we dominate them in in midfield even if we don't have the ball the majority of the time um we 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 close people down and 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 force them into blind blind alleys and so on so yeah, you know, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's all a bit strange. Really. The, one of the best things, though, you're right. There is a consistency to the team on the whole, and everyone knows what they're doing. But one of the most impressive things, you see, when the season started, everyone was like, "Well, you know, we're doing all right, but we've got the thinnest squad in the league," which is true. Now it's even thinner because we lost Haller, and we but we settled on this three-five-two formation, which seemed to be the the turning point of our season, mm. right? With Matthew yeah. and that. We lost Antonio and Masuaku up until that point have been two of the most important players, yeah. right? And because of the loss of Masuaku, we had to change the formation. And also, you know, with, with Haller up front, I mean, you know, a lot of debate about Haller. Let's not go back to it. But I would say when you watch Antonio turn in proper performances like this game of yeah. Burnley, yeah. It, you can't help but think more about how bad Haller was in that position. Because yeah. everything he does, the goal... The chasing everything he does, I keep thinking, shit. Like Hallow just wouldn't have been anywhere near that ball. He no, wouldn't. No, have, he wouldn't. No. He, he just wouldn't have bothered chasing it. No, and Antonio no. is, is palpably not up to full speed yet, isn't he? I mean, he's, he wins know, he's everything. Still, you know. He goes yeah. for everything. He wins everything. Anyway, we lost then and had to switch to four four two. And I thought, okay, this is maybe where the wheels will come off for a while, and we'll just have to bide our time, be patient, and wait for those players to come back. He just switched it to four four two, and if anything, we're better. I would say <laughs> yeah. now, when Masuaku comes back, he's not going to be able to get in the team, is he? And meanwhile, you got Balbuena, uh, who's had a very good, you know, very good season. Done, yeah. done nothing wrong. I can't think of one mistake he's made. The poor bloke can't get uh, and and, can't Dio, get back and side, Dio, yeah. he's like fifth choice centre back, and he was the guy who uh, only about a year ago would have been regarded as our most valuable player in terms of his, his transfer market value. Yeah. You know? yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it's extraordinary. Um, and uh, the um, we scored some good goals today. Uh, both our goals were good. Their goal was good as well, I thought. But uh, um, we, you know, it took a little while to come, our first goal, uh, you know, right, right on the stroke of half time. And uh, obviously we, you know, we... Um, we had a lot of possession in that first half, but didn't seem to be able to turn it into goals. I thought Bowen, um, you know, God, that boy's got an engine. He plays, you know, sort of 80 minutes of practically every game. And boy, does he, he he's, he's fast. He's fast. Very and, fast. Um, no, uh, I think underrated on the ball because people, when they talk about him, they say he's fast and he works hard. No, but he's I, so I think he's, he's got great composure. Yeah, very talented. He yeah. looks up. He, he's got great touch and he and, and his delivery is fantastic. I think I, I think that he could get an England cap by the end of the season. You know, yes, I, I could see that. I think he, he he's getting to a stage where he deserves one. Do you know what I liked about his goal today? He scored it with his tits. Yes, yes, and yes. you don't often see that, do you? Anymore, no, no. you used to see it a lot in the eighties. 
But nowadays, um, I can't remember the last... T- I mean, when I was a kid, I had a VHS of 100 great titted goals. Well, they learned... Uh, the 80s footballers learned them from the strip clubs, didn't they? Because yeah. of the, the that chest control to swing two pasties around uh, yeah, in, yeah. in concentric and... Um, yeah. In, in concentric circles, <laughs> where one circle is outside the other Yeah, circle. I mean, that... I that's, mean, that's, the, that the control that strippers the, had of their breasts in the uh, 80s Mickey, was Mickey extraordinary. Quinn, could actually do that. I remember seeing him do it for Newcastle. Yeah. And uh and it would baffle defenders. Absolutely. Because they absolutely. wouldn't know which way to go. Yeah. No, yeah. no, absolutely. Yeah, and, and also a defender, if you're able to spin one tip one way and one the other, yeah. the, the, from a centre back's point of view, you don't know whether to get tight or drop off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And, and uh, it was bamboozled. Because you're bamboozle in no defense. man's land, aren't you? Yeah. Trevor, Trevor Sinclair liked, liked to use his breast uh, yeah, a lot. Did. Uh, I don't know if he ever scored a goal with it, though, but uh, he liked a, a chested pass. Um, uh, Antonio. Yeah, Mulby used to lactate from his. <laughs> Right, that right. great all-conquering Liverpool side, and that well, would uh, yeah, Moby would catch the ball in his cleavage, and yeah. uh, you yeah. you you are not allowed to do that for more than seven seconds, running along holding the ball between yeah. your moves. Uh, yeah, that, that, well, he was. They taught them that. In that, that was he was part of that great Danish team. He was, the, yeah. The, the stunned they've run at the 86 World Cup, and that was the way they coached kids in Denmark back then. It was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's so cold. You, your feet and hands, extremities, uh, you couldn't touch the ball with them. Otherwise, they'd crack and fall off because it's so cold there. What I liked um, was they used to, Brian Moore, the great, late, great Brian Moore, he used to shout, didn't he, on the big match and stuff, tick goal when someone <laughs> tittied it in. Yeah. And, it, and just went seeing Bowen score his tits tonight just brought all those memories flooding back. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Antonio was a, is a great um, employer of uh, of the chest. Yes. Of the uh, chesty, chesty, the chest, chestal zone, his chestal what? area. What a huge it's, chest. It's, it's a it big a chest, isn't it? It's yeah. not an insubstantial chest, that one. No. Um, he, he, was, uh, he, he was great in the second half, I thought. Um, starting to, there's a real sense that when he comes back from those injuries, it takes him a little time. It's like winding up a, a, a kind of mechanism, isn't it? It takes him time to get back up to speed. But I thought second half in particular, he was starting to look really good. He went on one really good run, I thought. Was that the one where he pushed the West Bromwich Albion player over <laughs> with his hand? Get out of my way. <laughs> Which he I think, I think the laws have something to say about that. He bashed a couple of them over. It was like yeah, it's a yeah. knockout. He <laughs> yeah. just sort of like yeah. knocks them flying. But that's what he does, doesn't he? He's like, you know, he's got that thing. Uh, Di Canio did it in a different way of like, if there's a defender standing in front of him, he'll sort of just run with the ball and see if he ends up the other side of the defender. And Antonio does the same thing, but more, you know, as much with strength as with, you know, yeah. controlling the football. But it is that fact that he just takes a, you know, he'll back himself to get past this guy, I which think... Alaire would never do, you know. I mean, Antonio, when you look at him, like, you know, we've got players who are very good on the ball, uh, like Ben Rama and Bowen, who we mentioned, players with great touch and technique. And and sometimes I think people almost overemphasise Antonio's strength and speed because also there is no one who retains the ball better through a game than him on our team. Like, no. when he receives it in any sort of situation, you always think... you never. I never get nervous when he receives the ball, even if there's, like, three defenders around him. I always think he's odds-on to come out of this with the ball. But he's got better at that. 
in this you know this last 12 months i think yeah. this this version of antonio in the kind of run into last season and then all of yeah. this season is like a completely different creature he's, you know he's, he's like he's, he genuinely has taken on some skills that he really yeah. didn't have that sort of um because often that would be something he wasn't good at. If the ball came into his feet with his back to goal, quite often the the, the big central defender that's an inch away from him just comes up with it. But he's got better at protecting the ball. He's got better at turning with the ball. His first touch is better. It's amazing. He's, his, he's, his awareness as well. You know, getting yeah. in the right. He's he's, got, he's starting to have that knack of being in the right place at the right time, isn't he? As well, you know, like yeah. he was for the for the Burnley goal. You know, that was that was canny. A forward play, and he took it well because you know, it, 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 you know, it must have, he must have seen it late, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and he took his goal really well tonight. So, um, I would say the one kind of the one kind of slight area of concern is one that we've been we've come back to over and over again is that that there is collectively um, a tendency for there to be some sort of poor decision making around when we get to the the opposition box yeah um in and around the box the final little ball quite often they choose the wrong option quite often you know what we pointing cross that doesn't beat the first man or we, we lack a we lack an ayal berkovic slash yes yes yossi yes. ben Ayun type yes. character that yes. player with that beautiful final ball now lanzini time was we thought it was him yeah. i am convi- i just think Lanzini is never going to be that player. I don't, I can't, uh, bar the incredible goal against Spurs, I just don't think Lanzini has contributed anything significant to a West Ham performance in two years, apart from that one goal. Mm. I, I was really disappointed to see him start the game because I know what he's like. He'll run about, you'll see him on the ball a few times, but there will never be a, a pass of any consequence. There won't. You know, he'll flatter to deceive. He's a shadow of the player he was before his injury in 2018. And, uh, you know, I'm not getting stuck into the bloke because I thought, you know, he's a good player and obviously he's he's just not been the same since his injury. When he started, I just thought it's ridiculous because Ben Rama, sure, Ben Rama does make, you know, he's still learning, I think, to perform in the Premier League and re- doesn't quite realise it's not like the Championship where you might get a couple of chances to play that killer ball. But if you play him in the number 10, he will always be looking for that killer ball or a shot on goal or he'll try something. Lanzini floats about a game in an inconsequential way and he's yeah. never going to be that guy for us. In fact, I preferred four nows who, who played in that position after the double substitution. Yeah. He actually, rather than play his usual position out on the left, he played yeah. in the middle, which is something I'd like to see him do more. I hold that, th- hold that thought. Uh, let's come back after this message. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct. Something that's less Mr. Bean and more Steve McQueen. Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. 
check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag coolerkingbike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Yes, I wonder if he dropped for Nals, you know, for rotation reasons, just to rest him, because he does work very hard in a game, doesn't he, for Nals? But um, I, I think so. Also, I think felt felt that you know West Brom are one of one of the weakest defenses in the uh, in the league on terms of their record. So you know, um, and they're not super strong in midfield, super powerful in midfield. So. I think he probably felt it was a game where we could afford the kind of luxury of having Ben Rama and Lanzini in the starting lineup. To be honest, they came out a little better in the second half, West Brom, didn't they? I think Allardyce sort of got them to uh, try and negate any of our wing-based threat. Yeah, mm. we didn't. They, you know, it seemed to sort of cancel out um, uh, Soufal uh, on his flank and Cresswell on the other flank a little. It seemed to. It appeared that they seemed to you know, get a bit more width. And and uh, so it was a little bit harder for us. Uh, yeah. They pressed us back a little. You know, there was definitely, you know, their goal came out. We didn't come out the blocks in the second half, did we? No, and then we no. And they scored a goal. Yeah. But, you know, no. as you say, Sam, we responded to that very well. Yeah. So I think they, um, I think if you were a Westbourne fan, you'd it's like those things, well, we were in that game. They were in the game. I thought they were more in the game in a, in a way than Burnley were, to be honest. Um, yeah. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, like, you know, we just had too much for them. Uh, Burnley, I felt, should have been a comfortable two or three nil win. Yeah. We, we spurned the, the chances to, you know, we, 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 we weren't clinical enough around their box, really. But uh, that was very comfortable, that Burnley game, I thought. Yeah, but it, it, you're right. There is a concern in these games, you know, both of those being good examples that, we, we're good at getting there to the area and we know we've got someone who can finish a yeah. chance, but it's just that bit beforehand. And it is hard to to quite work out why, because you look, we think, oh, we've got quite a lot of attacking talent. You know, you think yes. Ben Rama, yeah. um, uh, both our fullbacks are good going forward and can deliver a good pass. Ben Rama, Bowen, Antonio for nails. You know, and Rice and Suchek are both goal threats, well, particularly Suchek, right? And Rice is increasingly trying yeah. to get ball. You can see how desperate he is to get a goal. Yeah. Uh, so it's a bit confusing. Uh, and then you've got, like, Yarmolenko as well, who, who played quite a significant role in our second goal, didn't he? Because he yep. got that good header at the far Headed post. Ball back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I sort of like wonder that. whether, I wonder whether a really sort of commanding striker, which is sort of what we thought Haller would be with his... 30-odd goals for Eintracht Frankfurt um, uh, would would be, you know, might be that. You know, I keep sort of thinking about the um, the David Cross uh, when he was on Stop Hammer Time, just sort of saying that when I was there, I basically went, put the ball into the six-yard box from anywhere and I'll be there. Don't worry, I will attack that ball. You know, some sort of focal point to our to our attacks. You know, there's but, someone who's showing you where they want the ball. But isn't, but isn't that the other- what Antonio's doing? Well, he does a lot of other stuff as well, doesn't he? I mean, I uh, think that a bit kind too of too mobile. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's good when he's got a run up. Really, you almost want him to be the person that picks up the ball on the flank and sort of runs into the box mm. with it. You know, mm. that popping up thing. Actually, he's sort of always had that. I think that's been that is a real, you know, genuine sort of, um, you know, non-league 
sort of instinctive thing is like he sort of knows where to be to stick the yeah. ball in, like again in that Burnley game. So I sort of feel he's always had that a bit, but I don't. If he really was told to sort of goal hang and and be the magnet for everything, I think you'd lose what's good about all the rest of his game, which is that kind of, you know, those runs into the box, the sort of powerful runs that freak the defenders out and cause mistakes. And, you know, I mean, we're definitely, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, uh, I think we, we need, um, we need pace up front for the way we want to play. And ideally I'm sure Moyes wants to, um, you know, absorb pressure and, and play a counter-attacking style. And, and when we've done that against teams that um, expect to be able to press, we have looked, we have looked good. I mean, you know, both the Wolves and the Leicester wins were games where we were, you know, counter-attacking. Um, but there have been games where we've we've done something similar and looked good on the counter-attack, but not capitalised on it. I would chuck it, you know, Man United. We should have been out of sight in that game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Arsenal, and Arsenal. Uh, yeah. And we Arsenal, lost to yeah. Arsenal, we should have and beat them. It's the the hour problem. against Chelsea. It's, it's, it's that yeah. clinical decision-making, you know, when, when, when the crunch comes. It's the hardest bit of football, isn't it? Is that... Mm. It is, yeah. Um, do, do, do you think, I don't know whether he'd do this, I suspect he wouldn't, but I think I'd like to see it, and, and most people seem to say, is that if we signed a striker who could actually was good enough to play in the first team, an experienced striker, maybe the solution would be to just, yeah, play Antonio in that. We've drawn slightly more withdrawn role, the sort of role that Lanzini was playing in today. Now, I know they're completely yeah. different players, but... Yeah. Let him do what he does, which is roam all over the place and cause trouble. Yeah, yeah. And and the other striker that we sign be the guy who just sits waiting to goal poach. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that's, I, I can only assume that that's what, in a way, that kind of the notion of a front three is all about. It means you can have three different blokes with three different sort of skill sets, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, y- you know, that 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 with, with Fornals as one of that sort of front three when you had kind of Fornals, Bowen and um, either Antonio or Allaire, um, that's, you know, sort of three guys with three different skill sets. And, um, uh, but they are, you know, you have that thing that they, they, you're slightly hoping that possibly both of the wide ones will operate a little bit like wingers. Mm. And, of those three, Bowen does tend to do that. We'll quite often go to yeah, the yeah. flank. Fornals is not that guy, is he? That's no, he's more up and down. He's more box to box. He's sort of yeah, and he cuts inside a lot. You know, yeah. when, he, when he gets the ball, we broke actually tonight. I think he received the ball on when we were breaking on a counter attack from Antonio. And it looked like we could fly forward, but he had to bring it in on his right foot. Yeah, because yeah. He, he can't take it on with his left at all. And that's a bit of a flaw in the team, is that you kind of do want... Uh, we've got, obviously, Bowen is left-footed, but he prefers playing on the right, same as mm. Yarmolenko. Um, I, I quite like Ben Rama on the left, just because you know he can take it to the byline yeah, and yeah. put a cross in that way. Um, yeah. And that that's why well, a little bit prefer him to four nails, but on the whole, I'd rather four nails and um, Ben Rama both be in the team. Both be in the team, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I thought I liked uh, Ben Rama today. I thought he was good. Um, 
uh, I thought, you know, he's uh, very, shows you what he shows you every game, which is he is very, very busy. He's looking for the ball, and he I'm will improve as things. well. I think. Yeah, won't he? I think. I think so. I think so. I mean, I think they are improving. I mean, I think it's it's clearly something that I mean, Moises alluded to the very issues that we've been talking about about being clinical and, and making better decisions uh, in the final third, and um, I'm sure that's something that they're kind of they're working. I mean, you know, you had to get turn it into a team that doesn't ship goals every week just you know starts winning football tight football games and we're doing that um so you know it's a project isn't it um i i only hope he's given the proper resources and time to complete the project it's a bit uh, you know there's no talk of a, of a contract for him on the on the horizon is there i mean i i, I you know i just wonder i wonder how well he's getting on with the uh, our esteemed owners i i you know i don't know I don't know. I'm not. Oh, I mean, it would be. I mean, it would, the, the the thing is, it would be a disaster, but it wouldn't be in the least bit surprising. No, if no. Moy suddenly, suddenly disappeared because we've stumbled. And I really do mean stumbled upon the best manager we've had in many, many years. Um, at just sort of by by fluke really because we tried all these other guys he was almost like the last man standing yeah <laughs> the only guy willing to do it and it's like he's kept us up twice now he is very rapidly transforming us as a team and a, and a squad you know in, into people who can actually compete and be taken seriously for once yeah yeah right and i wonder what i wonder what the length of his contract currently is at well, the it, moment. Was eight, it was 18 months wasn't it, it? Just 18 yeah. months he insisted yeah. on a contract he said, i'm not going to just do this thing you gave me last time at the end of the season because yeah. that, that was outrageous i think i've kept you up once you want back give me a contract and they still even then said oh, all right we'll give you a contract but it's only for 18 months yeah which is basically still a short-term contract because it means that it's easily paid off yeah, so yeah. they don't. They didn't really consider it a contract. In fact, I heard through someone that they'd been told by a member of the board that it was a case of, oh well, when it, when it, when he was asked by someone, why have you got Moyes back again? And this person was not particularly complimentary about him. He said, oh well, he was told by a senior member of the board, it's like, well, because he's cheap, and we know that if it doesn't work out, we can easily get rid of him without breaking the bank, which is what they'd just had to do with Pellegrini. Yeah. yeah, and they yeah. just didn't want to do that again. So that's the respect they showed this bloke, and he's come in and confounded everyone's expectations. Every West Ham fan, the, yeah. the board, not the players, because the players all loved him from the first time. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, yeah, um, and and all fans of other clubs as well, because you won't find a Man United or a Sunderland fan of anything good to say about the bloke. No. And you just think, God, he was he he was very good at Everton. The United job, we now know, there's a poison, poison chalice that yeah, everyone's absolutely. fallen foul of. Yeah. Um, athlete, uh, was it Real Sociedad he went to? I mean, it's probably not the right decision. And Sunderland, you look at think, well, that was, that's been a poison chalice for years. Like, the amount of managers they've had go through that club, it's just like, a, it's a, just an impossible job for many years. At the beginning of that season, uh, uh, Sunderland, I remember him doing an interview and he was like he was in a hostage video. Yeah, he yeah. may as well <laughs> have had the word help tattooed. Well, that, that's why they, they, the fans hate him. The Sunderland fans hate him because he basically said from the very beginning of the season we will be in a relegation dogfight for yeah. the whole season. Yeah, and obviously that that really, that wasn't great PR as far as his own fan base was concerned. It was probably him trying to limit, ex manage expectations, but it backfired and they really dislike him. Now, 
yeah. what they might not realise is that they could have had Pep Guardiola in charge saying, or, or Jurgen Klopp, Mr. Good yeah. Vibes. Do you know what I mean? The better football <laughs> saying, yeah. Saying, oh, it's fine. We're probably going to win the league, yeah? And they still would have got relegated. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. suddenly, you ask, bloody hell, this bloke was just there and available. We've yeah. got him. Yeah. He yeah. might be our best manager that we've had. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. go back through anyone, really. I mean, Redknapp, it, the truth is, Redknapp was the last manager to sustain any kind of decent run. Yeah. Went on for more. Because, you know, there's people who had spells. Zola had a great spell. Pardew had a couple of great seasons, right? But it, uh, uh, Allardyce kind of... It's pretty been, much one each, you know, so been, what, one been, season each. Billich you know? had a good season. They all have a yeah. good season, and then yeah. inevitably it implodes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we should be cautious, because, of course, Moyes hasn't had a good full <laughs> season yet either. No. Yeah, yeah. No. Right. Um, he's had a good calendar year. It's very, very hard looking at it at the moment and listening to the way he talks about it and the way the players, you know, the way just everything... It, uh, it seems to be uh, going on. It's very hard to see it imploding. It, I can see it getting a bit worse. But in well, the sense sticky that, spells, uh, in the, you know, the, <laughs> the, we are asking a lot of these players over a whole season, and I suspect our second 19 games might not be quite um, as uh, as heavy on the points as the first 19. But nevertheless, you know, it's, you can't see. It really doesn't feel the wheels are very solidly on this, aren't they? There's no real sense that they're about to they're about to come off, as, as is so often the case. Even in a good, even when we had Pye, there was that you know that, that game against Watford where we kind of showboated our way into a two nil lead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lost that was the begin. That was the beginning of the end of that season. Yeah. What, what we di- what we discovered about Billich was was that we remained a soft touch. We'd been yeah. tricked into thinking we weren't, but that was because we had a player who genuinely was the best player in the world for one season playing at West Ham. And so we kind of had an artificially good season in some ways because he was so good that he was unplayable in in like new, not every game, but numerous games, he was unplayable. And so that was, it was, it was a strange season really, but we we were very soft touch under Billich. We weren't fit or anything like lovely bloke. And, you know, I loved him as West Ham manager, but, we weren't good enough. Um, we had, a, but we, we sort of did, did this thing again, which comes down to kind of money and ownership, of, and and is is tied into the fortunes of the club, which again is to, to the managers, which is the transfer windows, because we had a fantastic transfer window where we bought in Pae, Lanzini, uh, Ogbonna, Obiang, um, Carl Jenkinson. So it's like half a new team that were all really good. Alex Song, you no, know, more, and then the is... next transfer window was just like Gokhan Toure and Faguli and but just. The, but the Jonathan thing about Hilarian the thing stuff. about Moises that makes him different to all those other things is we obsess and increasingly, and you know, you go back to the nutters on Twitter, the kids who who play FIFA and think it's as easy as just picking a player and going and buying him, sort of thing. And everyone obsesses over it being a case of who can build the best team because everyone plays yeah. Fantasy League or FIFA or some yeah. other football management yeah, yeah. game, right? What Moyes does is he takes players and coaches them to improve them. As yeah. a team, both as individuals and as a, as a team. So yeah. look, he hasn't, you know, the yes, Bowen and Suchek were very good signs. Kufau's been a good signing. Craig Dawson uh, could end up being the best of the lot. You know, we're about yeah. to get him for two million quid and we were going to nearly spend 32 million on Tarkovsky, who was yeah. the better in the game against Burnley. Yeah. Dawson by a mile, right? So that is an incredible one. But on the whole, what he's done is he's taken Ogbonna 
into a decent defender who wasn't guaranteed a place in the team to being one of the best defenders in the league. You know, he's taken yeah. Antonio from being a decent winger into one of the best centre forwards in the league. Yeah. He's taken Declan Rice, who was already very good, but I would say he's turned out, I, I wouldn't swap Declan Rice for any central midfielder in the league, you know. And uh, he just, and, and Cresswell, who everyone seemed to be against for about two years. Everyone wanted him out. Everyone, it was almost just taken for granted that that was the biggest flaw in our team. Cresswell is now one of our best players again. This is as good as any season he's had for us. And anyone that thinks that that's kind of just chance or it's an accident, uh, you've literally got empirical evidence because it's what he did the first time two yeah. years ago was yeah. he arrived at the club and he's and Declan Rice played every game yeah. <laughs> as a centre-back. You know, he went... This kid's great. I'm going to put him in the team. I'm going to have him as a centre back because this, you know the defence is bad. Ogbonna played every game centre back. Yeah. Uh, Cresswell played He went. I like this lad. He's got skills. He's not quick, so I'll make him a, the well, left side of a I, central I mean, three. Yeah. Perry. So he literally did that the first time around, and then came back to them and basically went, "You guys still fit? Still can play football? Great. Well, I'm going to play you guys Do again, it and again. it worked. Yeah. Again. Even tried to get an Altovich back as well. Well, yeah, it was getting. A he gets a tune out of Masuaku as well, doesn't he? Yes. I mean, Masuaku had been written off completely. And then, uh, you know, and he's he's worked out that we could all see Masuaku can't defend for Toffee, but he's got two good feet and is a bit of pace and a bit tricksy. Uh, so he's a perfect left wing back. The perfect left wing back. That is, um, the, he, he's, if you're going to play that system, there's few players in the Premier League who, who would be better suited to that position. What I would say is that we, the, the struggle this time, for this team is something that we've occasionally seen in the past where we've had little flashes of, of success. There will be, of course, everyone's looking at rice in the summer and whether he might leave, which I would say is very likely, but this team, Suchek, people will make a bid for Suchek. People might make a bid yes. for Bowen as well. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think we're safe with Antonio now, because, but because of his age, I can't see, you know, a, a club. And, and I think we've just given him a new contract as well. So that's all right. But, you know, that's the, the three. Our central midfielders are both going to be targeted by Champions League clubs, I would imagine. And yeah. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Bowen linked with other clubs. And, and that'll be it. it. You know, when we were in the past, that was the tradition, wasn't it? We'd have a little period of success and then bigger clubs would come in and just snaffle up our stars. Yeah. And I think that that could be the big challenge, especially in the current climate, COVID, the way our, our owners are anyway about money. Um, yeah, yeah. I think they're going to, I don't know how hard they'll fight if they get in very big offers for those two central midfielders. Well, I mean, Southampton's the example of that, isn't it? The fact that they would be several times seem to be prepared to sell themselves to the brink of annihilation by literally getting rid of yeah, every good player in their team. And they keep coming back. They keep yeah. somehow rebuilding, which is which is amazing. But that, you know, that that obviously alludes to some kind of good stewardship. But, I mean, they were patient to hang on to Hasenhutl because um, he had a rocky yeah. first couple of yeah. seasons. I mean, there are a couple of factors to that, aren't there? I mean, they... they, they um, they do have just about the best academy, don't mm. they? And um, you know, I think um, I, I think on, on Talk Sport, apparently, someone told me Allardyce was sort of I'm probably tongue in cheek taking sort of credit for the laying the foundations for for West Ham doing well now. Yeah, yeah, he um, was. Yeah. But of course, he. Yeah. Um, but 
of course, actually, it was under Allardyce, wasn't it? That that there was a period of sort of underinvestment in uh, you know the, the traditions of the academy started to mm. go go awry, and um, there's this, that, 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 you know we don't have a really clear you know production line of I mean, rice has come through. Um, we're not sure. We've, when's the next one going to going to come? They, they drift in and out. They get a chance, but they don't look. Johnson looks okay, but you know. I think I don't uh, know. I mean, people who watch it, the guy who Rashane Thomas from the Athletic, who, who I do uh, you irons with, closely watches the academy, right. and so I, I kind of often ask his view because he, he he you know he goes watches them. He knows he knows the right. people involved, and he seems to think that we've got one of the best sort of groups of players for a long time and oh, and, and well, in the club they think that I mean we don't know but this this kid uh, Meepo which yeah, is uh, his Christian name but yeah and he's highly rated and yeah. he he would have he was due to get some game time tonight but uh, uh, we don't know yet but I read that he might it might be a Covid situation that uh, meant that he wasn't on the bench when he was expected to be right but I think that, you know, if we sign a striker, there's a feeling that we don't necessarily need to get two in because he will be the third striker. Yeah, well, yeah. I, he's I, decent. I some of the highlights from things, goals he scored in the under-23s and whatever, and it does look, he does yeah. look impressive. Yeah, and then you've got Harrison Ashby, I think, looks like yeah, a decent he looks player. Yeah, good, didn't he? Um, yeah. Long I think's decent. Yeah, and there's a, is it Julio Baptiste, which obviously is an amazing name for a footballer, suggests yeah. he's brilliant on if you, if you had to judge a player on name alone which i often do you're like well he's he's gonna be good isn't he i don't, i might have got his name wrong but he's a young center back who a lot of people have got yeah. high hopes about but i don't i haven't seen these place i'm just regurgitating yeah. stuff second hand yeah. uh sam allardyce taking credit for sort of building the foundations for the current rest ham team it's a bit like that rule when there's been a foul but the referee lets play go on and sort of calls it back it's like it's moved on so long from when sam allardyce <laughs> yeah. might have influence the current West Ham team because it's turned to shit twice since he <laughs> built those foundations and has been built up. It turned to shit with Billich, turned to shit with Pellegrini. So for him to sort of take credit to something that happened so far ago, not only has the, that phase of play carried on, but everyone's back in the dressing rooms. It's like it's so yeah. long since the thing It's like Dennis out. Healy taking credit for the really swift rollout of the COVID-19 vaccinations in the UK yes. because he he was home secretary in the early 70s. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. He's exactly like that. Um, talking of, we were briefly talking about contracts, Moise's contract, and uh, something that has uh, happened today, uh, which feels like a very West Ham thing to happen, is that the, is it the FA are looking at the transfer of Robert Snodgrass to West Bromwich Albion from West Ham yeah. uh, with a possible kind of third-party ownership issue? Um that issue being that there was apparently an agreement where he wouldn't play in tonight's game. And possibly I imagine the reverse fixture um, and that that agreement had been struck up by both clubs. This is classic West Ham stuff. It yeah. Is. yeah. But it is. what I would say is that <coughs> Allardyce, I think dropped that in on talk sport. I think it came from Allardyce. And on, on the tele. And on the tele. And on tele okay. So, so yeah. Allardyce has chucked this out on purpose because he would have been fuming that probably the higher-ups at the club made a gentleman's agreement with the higher-ups at our club, yeah. and Allardyce is fuming because he can't pick an important player. And he's chucked that in because he's angry, but also probably because he quite fancies the idea of there being a look into it, and it might... You know, because he's fighting for his life, he'll try anything. Yeah, yeah. The truth is, it 
if it's just a gentleman's agreement, then there's not much they can do. And also, Chelsea, who loan out play, like whole squads worth of players every summer from their academy, um, yeah. have these deals on all the time. Chelsea are yes, always well, doing allowed, it. You're allowed it on a loan. You are allowed it on a loan. Right. You're allowed to say if you're still, you still own the. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. This, yeah, this is different, say. isn't it? Yeah. But this is a permanent transfer. And it is definitely against the rules. However, if it, if it's in his contract, I think both clubs will be uh, culpable. In, in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if it's not in his contract and it's just an agreement, then you difficult. can't prove anything, can you, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. It would involve yeah. Allardyce having to testify against his own club in court, yeah. which would be do that, an amazing thing to do. And he would do it if he yeah. felt they were going down anyway. Because but, with yeah. Allardyce, it's all about himself and his yeah. own reputation. Yeah. Yeah. And because he's yeah, yeah. never had a club relegated, if he feels they're going to get relegated, he'll do a Sheffield United and, well, a kind of a Sheffield United move and end up suing his own club. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, um, of course, is a, which is very apropos because that will be something that, it, that the precedent was set by uh, our only previous manager to have wins booed, uh, which was Alan Kirbishley, who sued West Ham United, didn't he, for, for yeah, constructive yeah, dismissal. Well, could you imagine a situation wherein Sam Allardyce attempted to sue himself? Yes. And both yes. defended and prosecuted himself in court. <laughs> yeah. So there was effectively four Sam Allardyces in the courtroom. <laughs> he might also pardon himself as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. He Absolutely. sued himself for getting relegated. Unbelievable. <laughs> Own, only Big Sam. That's Big yeah. Sam. That's right. Larger than life character. He'd bring out a surprise witness, Sam Allardyce, <laughs> to testify against himself. Your Honour, I must object in the strongest possible terms. Objection over uh, what, You're the judge as well. Yes. What's, what's your impression of Sam Allardyce? Oh, he's useless. He's crap. <laughs> he's too fat. No wonder his dad never liked him. I'll he's tell you what. trying to make a point to his father, but his father's dead and gone. One and thing I'll say about him. About He's no Sam Allardyce, that's for sure. <laughs> no further questions. <laughs> I object. <laughs> okay, no. Oh, dear. That would be great. Um, so that's uh, that's the future we're looking for, is uh, uh, for all of this to be settled in the courts. Um, uh, in, the sem- in the landmark Allardyce versus <laughs> Allardyce case. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know um, what penalties there are for these sorts of uh, transgressions. If they, if it is the case that they've, uh, I can't believe. I mean, comes employed lawyers. They must know the rule. They must know not to put con- clauses like that in contract. Surely, you'd have thought. But he did say so? we couldn't get the deal done without without that agreement that he wouldn't play in that game. Quite a stupid thing for us to see. If it backfires, it would be peak West Ham. And it would be peak West Ham for it to happen amidst a period where, for the first time in a long time, all West Ham fans are thinking, wow, I feel quite relaxed with like a decent yeah. side. We'll probably yeah, just yeah. finish comfortably mm-hmm. in mid-table. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and just as everything's going right, or the law of West Ham is something yeah. disastrous has to go wrong. Yeah. And this could be it because we're all looking for. If it's yeah. not that, it'll be something else. 
And finally, a record point deduction was seen in the Premier League to be as West Ham United were docked 17 points. West Ham have had a winding up order from the High Court, from the House of Lords itself. <laughs> and will cease to exist on the stroke of midnight tonight. Fans are frustrated that they were given only hours' notice of this. <laughs> I only had hours to find new clubs to support. <laughs> oh yeah. dear! Uh, yes, that's right. So that's what's going to happen. That's uh, what we speculate will happen. Um, yeah. So we uh, we've got uh, Doncaster, haven't we, at the weekend? And uh, and then when's uh, when's our next uh, league game? Then it's it's Paris. Paris, isn't it? Is that on the following Tuesday? I think it might be. God, are we is it, are we settled yeah. into a weekend Tuesday? Yeah, I at- think I think think there's a bit of a yeah. It's, it's, they come thick and fast. Where are Doncaster? Are they League One? League? Where are they? Uh, no idea. No. Uh, they were in the championship. They're sort of a yo-yo championship League One yo-yo team, aren't they? Yeah. They've spent a lot of time in the championship in the recent years. Have they? Hmm. Uh, how do we think we're doing that? Three o'clock on Saturday. That's nice, isn't it? <coughs> Three o'clock. Um, well, kick off. Difficult to tell. I'm sure, you know, I hope he puts a, a, a decent side out. And I mean, he's got much, not much option, really, has he? There's not exactly no. uh, a huge squad to bring in. Um, and I think if we play anything like we can play, we should we should win the game. We should have enough to win the game comfortably. But it's a cup tie and there'll be, you know, yeah. be difficult yeah. opposition. Yeah, and, 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 you know, Stockport County gave us a, a very good... Um, yes. gave it yeah, gave us a yeah. good game, and we only narrowly got through that. And Doncaster are a lot better than them. Yeah, so, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if he if he rested Antonio because we are playing on Tuesday again. And and so you think there's and he was knackered tonight. That's why he got yeah. Mepo is has got COVID from from what I've read. So you're looking at um maybe Yarmolenko playing up front. Yeah. Which so again? Although when he came on, he put, he put Bowen in central when um, yeah. came on, didn't he? So maybe yeah. Bowen. <clears throat> yeah. So we're gonna. So it, yeah, it'll, I think it'll be a challenge, won't it? Yeah, it will. It'll be a challenge. Uh, I would. I would say you know it, we're relying on the fact that we've got this very good defence now. So I would say maybe another one nil. Yeah. Yeah. Jim. Two nil. Two nil. Yeah. Um. No, that's, that, I'll have to go. Well, two, yeah, no, all right. Uh, two one, two one to us. They'll, they'll, they might get a goal. Uh, that's that's all I'm left with, really. And and then it's Palace, and we, um, you know, that sort of falls into our kind of uh, our sort of batting zone of games that we sort of want to get something out of, uh, because then the the hard teams are going to come back round again. Uh, yes. And um, yeah, we've got Liverpool after that, haven't we? Yeah. So so we. Um, it would be but, nice uh, to get Palace something out of us. Palace gave us a very good game, didn't they? Um, yeah. Just before <coughs> Christmas. Yes, they yeah. did. They were good. We were. Yeah. Well, they are good, I think. You know, they're a good side. and they're, Annoyingly they're... good. Roy Hodgson teams are just kind of boringly resilient. Yeah. I think. You know, I thought they were probably slightly better than us, actually, in that game, weren't they? On that, on that day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, we were lucky in that game. Um no, they, they've you know they've got good players, and uh, um, I've always thought we should have got And Andros Townsend when he was at Spurs. But people said that he 
he's got sort of like he's a bit mad or something, uh, which is why Spurs got rid of. Oh, him. that put us right off massively. Right. Well, yeah. Eccentric character is he? Oh no, we don't like them at West Ham. No, we like things done by the book. Um, <laughs> we don't like any volatile characters. Because it seemed a bit. Because he seemed really good at Spurs, and it seemed quite odd that they sort of got rid of him. And uh, were, uh, at the time, there was a lot of wingers in the club. Yeah, they, maybe they were. They had Lennon, and then they had Van der Vaar, and it was sort of yes. around the time yeah. they had so many kind of exciting attacking Possibly players. Even still, Bale at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. maybe Bale. Yeah. Um, and they had. They knew they had good players coming through. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I imagine that. I'm not saying we should get Townsend now. He's probably closing in on, uh, you know, the downward part of his career. But uh, I always liked him. I always thought he was going to thought, you know. I think, when, when you know, they, be... they love Tompkins. They think he's amazing and can't believe that we ever let him go. They shouldn't uh, have let him go. And and in fact, I think at the weekend, they had Tompkins and Kiate as a central it's defensive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and by all accounts, they both played very well. Yeah. Um, um, I don't I miss like... Kiate because I thought it, it declined too much by the time we sold him, but Tompkins, I, I, you know, would have liked. It was a shame. It was a shame we lost him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a shame. I, I agree. Um, yeah, I agree about Kiyoshi. I mean, he gave us a couple of good, really good seasons, but he was he was uh, on the sky. And Suchek has been a massive upgrade on. Oh ah, yeah, huge. Um, well, he reminds me of um, first-generation Kuyati. So there's quite a lot of Kuyati, I think, in Suchet. Yeah, yeah. You know, very a, similar. A leggy player. giant central midfielder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. pops up scores because yeah. Kuyati, Kuyati would score as well, wouldn't he? Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I loved Kuyati. I loved Kuyati. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, no, I, I, I like um, the look of Eze for them, and there was a lot of talk about yeah. whether we were in for him or Ben. Right, you know. I think that was who Moyes wanted was Eze. And, and, uh, yeah, and and so far Eze's looking slightly the better, better of the two, isn't he? I mean, that yes. I would say. Yeah. Um, there's been more end products there, hasn't there? Um, he looks yeah, but... slightly more. Yeah, you'd have thought more all players. Because play, he's more powerful, doesn't we, he? Looks, we touched you know, on it earlier, but all players improve under Moyes and Alan Irvin and the coaching team. They all improve. Ben Rama looks okay. What he's not lacking is effort. With Haller, you thought he's no. never going to get better because I can. Yeah, we, yeah. we could all see what his attitude was like. He was never going to improve, right? No. I, it no. was like he thought he didn't have anything to learn. Ben Rama, you can see he's willing. You can yeah. see he's up for every game. He will improve. And if he improves by just 10%, i.e. just gets his final ball right, he'll be a massive player for us, won't he? He will, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, 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 he yeah. will. Yeah. I, I, I'm still, still optimistic, I agree. Yeah, um, no, I think he's good. Yeah, But yeah. they've got, you know, Palace are, are, are a workman-like side, but they've got creative, they've got flair as well, haven't they? They've got, they've got you know, they're not dissimilar to us in that sense. I think they're, yeah. a, they're, they're, a, they're a, a good marker, really. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, do we have predictions for that? Um, Another very tight game. I mean, uh, somebody pointed out this evening, I was watching it, we haven't won a game by more than one goal since uh, we beat uh, Leicester in October. What about Leeds? Did we just beat them 2-1? 2-1. Yeah. So Yeah, um, we lack the killer instinct, don't we? We do, yeah, 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 yeah. But we're due, aren't we, therefore, to get it right in and around the box. Ooh. We're due. So I'm going to say 3-0. Wow. Wow. I'm going to say 2-0. Wow. 2-0. Is it our place or their place? 
it's at their place. Yeah. And I think that actually helps. Because they'll have to come out at us more, which we prefer, I think, as a team, don't we? Mm, mm. I'm going to say 3-1. I'm going to say we win 3-1. Excellent. Well, that might be it for this week's Stop Hammer Time. In fact, I think it is. Any any other business, gentlemen? Well, at some point we need to talk a little bit about transfers, but there's there's, there's a couple of weeks left to do. Yeah. The next time we should... And maybe there'll yeah. be some actual business. Yeah. It's, it's up in the air at the moment. It's like it's we've a made bit, yeah. a, we've made about a hundred bids. I yeah. mean, what, what I assume is we'll make a hundred bids. There'll be lots of talking and tweeting and newspaper articles, and then it'll get to the final day, and someone we haven't heard of from a lowly French club will fail a medical on a jet, yeah. um, a private yeah. jet, <coughs> at the stroke of midnight. And yeah. we'll end up having to get someone. We'll right. we'll end up uh, re-signing in a taxi with the with the engine running. Yeah. yeah, and then we'll end up buying Mido, who's now 52 and 18 <laughs> yeah. stone. But, you know, yeah. Moyes is like, well, you know, he, he's got the experience to do a job for us. So, yeah. Kevin Nolan is on the payroll. So, technically, <laughs> yeah, could, uh, it'll be one of those. Yeah. You know, let's just like stop fooling ourselves. We all know it'll end in a terrible indignity. Yes. So just brace yourselves so. for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And on that note, that's it for this week's Stop Hammer Time. My name is Phil Whelans. With me this week have been Jim Grant. Cheerio. And Sam Delaney. Thanks. Come on, you irons. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.